Welcome back, Callum listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 51. Cal, congrats on the new mic. It sounds awesome. We now have the same studio set up. So Cal, say hi to everyone. So excited with using the new mic. So sorry if there are some issues we might be having, but so far, so good. Awesome. That sounds great. So I wanted to talk about the craze of the week on the internet. And what I'm seeing is talk about NFTs. And this has been all over the internet in terms of an online style auction where you can actually buy digital goods and own them. Have you heard about this, Cal? I did hear a thing or two about NFTs, but do you mind explaining a bit more what it means and what it stands for? Yeah. So the simple explanation, how I understand it, NFTs are built off Ethereum. So this is an actual use case for the technology we've been talking about. So we are now seeing crypto being used to own things. And it's been talked about as a store of value before in terms of smart contracts. And what we're seeing is digital goods being auctioned and sold and even resold. So the technology is called non-fungible token. And I won't go into the details of how it works necessarily, because I still have to wrap my head around it and learn a little bit more. But there are people who are buying pieces of art. And the most famous one is Grimes. She's the music artist who made a digital video clip, let's say 10 seconds long. There's a couple of Earth and Mars. We'll link some sites in the show notes where you can find them all. But you can go on and bid and you can pay with Ethereum. And people are bidding like tens of thousands of US dollars, if not more sometimes. And a lot of it's animation style, art and things like that. And it's really cool because for years, I grew up in the age of piracy where things were downloaded because software is essentially just unlimited copy. There was no value assigned to things. It was downloaded for free and that wasn't the conventional way. So for years, you would buy digital songs on a CD and you put it into a computer and there would be DRM software, so software that protects against illegal downloading, copying, but it would be siloed into this disk and you were supposed to own the disk and no one else. And there was laws around two people couldn't use it at once. And over years, that software got broken and people would burn CDs and copy them and start to essentially break that model. So the model was artificial. It was not a real protection. And it was just, well, don't do this or we'll sue you. Give us your 20 bucks for the CD. And that was essentially how the marketplace worked. As file sharing became popular, people around the world who maybe weren't in the right economic situation or didn't have access to even the same music, I think it helped grow communities. People would download and share and all those kinds of things. So for years and years, that was the way to go. And since then, I think Steve Jobs was the first one to charge for digital music with the iPod. I think he broke the piracy model a little bit and swayed it in the other direction. So what he did was charge about 99 cents a song and people would buy it. But it was just a matter of pay and then you own it and then you have a library. And he was good at building that iTunes library into an iPhone ecosystem. But again, there was this unwritten rule of who owned the music, did you pay Apple? Even if it's not even the real song, maybe just a license to listen to it. But the idea was that you'd pay for digital goods and someone else could pay for digital goods. And if an artist sold millions of songs, it just matters how many people want to pay for it. And 
what makes NFTs so interesting is because you could actually, in a sense, pirate it and screen record it and have it playing or something like that. But you don't get the clout behind owning. I think hers has a catalog of one of 300. So the way crypto works is you can set the contract to the amount you're selling and it can be 10, it can be a thousand, but these are limited production. And as far as I understand, there will never be another one of these for that specific release. So there's actually a couple places I want people to check out. I'll put them in the show notes. So Nifty Gateway is one of the sites where she sold these on and you can go in and essentially bid on them. And after they're all sold, you can then go to a marketplace, almost like eBay or StockX and then start flipping them or maybe buy them quote unquote pre-owned. They're going to be in someone else's name. And again, the technology is so new, I don't have the understanding nuances of ownership necessarily, but people are flipping them from 7,000 to 50,000. And it's interesting because something's going on there and something's happening. There's a real marketplace, whether it's a fad or inflated or it comes and goes. I think it's the beginning of a new technology where this will now become a new standard of how people transact and what the millennials or the connected Gen Z will start to trade and see as valuable. So the world is changing in front of us. That's what I want to talk about. It is a new phenomenon. I wanted to bring that to everyone's attention that this is going on. And I think she ended up making $6 million or something from it. So what do you think of that? Have you heard of anything about digital goods and them being sold? Brilliant. That's a wonderful concept, in my opinion. I think casually you and I were talking one day and the NBA did something similar with video clips of certain shots for players doing certain games of the NBA. Now, I don't know the details of it, but I did come across it online. So I think it's the same thing where that clip actually exists online. You can find it on YouTube, you can find it somewhere, but you do not own a proper official copy from the NBA. So again, I might be mistaken. Like you said, John, this is a new thing for all of us, but the way that I actually came across the concept was this. And I think that once you purchase that copy, then you own it. That's the original official release copy from the NBA. Now, it doesn't give you the rights, I think, to the video itself, but the idea of it is quite fascinating, I find. And it's not just because, well, this is ridiculous. It's just a clip that has always been there. And now I have to pay a premium just to own a 10 second clip. But the idea of it is now there's an actual use to something that, as you mentioned, there's value to. Now, even if you find a copy online of it, it doesn't have the same value of the original that was released. And the ins and outs of how it works and how it functions is still beyond me at this point. But the idea of it is quite fascinating. And the number of clips that have been issued are actually limited. So there are not many of them out there. I don't know if they make duplicates. I think they do up to a certain number, one of a hundred. It's something within those lines. But what's new to me is actually that you can use crypto to pay for it. And that's what fascinates me. I thought you can just pay for it using regular dollars or sterling. But the idea of it is you can actually use cryptocurrency to purchase these things. And there's practical use for cryptocurrency in this application. So this opens many uses for NFTs as a new thing. And I think from where I'm sitting, the prices could be quite inflated, but that's the supply and demand. I think just because it's a new thing, there's quite a lot of interest around the matter. I think I personally wouldn't pay that much for it, but maybe I'm missing out on something that really has good value behind it. But nevertheless, the concept's quite cool. I find it interesting at the very least to say. 
Yeah, it's definitely a new technology. And I mean, I'm thinking of the classic Michael Jordan dunks because I'm not a big basketball fan myself too much. But imagine one day owning that clip in VR form and being able to play against Michael Jordan live in that clip or something like that. I think that would be a cool use case where that would be more valuable and more experiential maybe. So who knows? But the whole crypto thing is because it's based on a crypto technology. So of course you can buy it with Ethereum and I've yet to transact. I did promise myself I was going to try and buy some digital art or try and make some and sell some and find out how you can actually list some. And I was going to do something very mundane because I'm not necessarily artistic that way, but just to see if I could sell something. So instead of selling something on Kijiji, can I sell some digital art? I think that'd be cool. Just actually within the last 24 hours or so, Jack Dorsey just decided to open up his own site. I think it's his, or he's using the site to sell tweets. So NFTs are here to stay. It's actually now possible to buy the first tweet ever on Twitter and he's selling it. And I think it's at $2.5 million. And again, it's such a different technology that most people will say, well, why will I want to buy this? And that's the essence of value. Maybe one person sees the value in it and others will see the value 10 years later. And then it's worth $100 million or some other price. I'm going to link Nifty's site and it's called Valuables. I'm going to link both of those in the show notes. Please take a look. We'll have the episode posted with those links there. But this is a new phenomenon too. So you can buy tweets. And I think the tweets is going to be a one of one. You won't have multiple instances. And if you think of the value of a tweet, there's actually quite a lot of historical significance. It's a moment in time. Imagine you can own like a Martin Luther King speech and go back and visit. So tweets have some of that essence in them where there's a connection to them and where history happens for many of the famous accounts. So I think besides the clout factor, owning a piece of history, which is crazy. And years ago, when people would post things on Facebook, Facebook was very clear about making it known that you don't own what's posted on Facebook. So I think the question comes down to, if I had a famous tweet and Jack wanted to sell my tweet, does he own it or do I? Who knows? Do we split the gains? Maybe we'll tweet something on the Methodical Millions account and put it up for sale for fun. I wonder if we can do that. I think we should look into that as an experiment to see what happens and how that process works. The technology, I think, is two or three years old where it's been in development and now it's just catching headlines and transactions are happening. So even with the NBA clips, I did look into it after you mentioned it. Those are called NBA Top Shots. You can look those up and exactly in the same way we were talking about NFTs and digital art with Grimes, you can buy famous NBA clips. So I think you own the token, almost like owning the key to your coins. It's not necessarily the copy you download is unique. It's owning the token that's unique. We'll have to do a follow-up on the technical aspect, but crypto millionaires are buying. So just like physical art, it can seem absurd to people who have their own everyday struggles and who never imagine buying anything superfluous or in excess of what they need. They couldn't even imagine that to spend $100 million on a painting. Why can't someone spend $10,000 on a tweet? I think it actually makes perfect sense. And because it's digital, it can be transferred anywhere in the world, or at least the token could, then yeah. You know what? I'm going to go make a prediction. I'm going to say digital art is going to be worth 10x modern art, at least in the next five years. You will see the most expensive piece of digital art be worth 
10x more than the most expensive physical piece of art. That's a very good way to think of it. I never thought of it that way. So it puts things into perspective. I personally don't find buying art makes sense, but there's a huge market for it and people are paying ridiculous amounts of money for those paintings. So you make a good point. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is value is a bit subjective, but if there's more than one buyer, then value becomes an objective thing, an agreed upon thing. So if there's enough crypto millionaires and I'll give an example, if a tweet is a meme and you can own the meme, what would happen? You would actually own that moment in time. That's what it is. It's owning a moment. And if the phrase is people are all about experiences, why would you not want to own experiences or own that piece of history? I think it's a big deal. Just thinking about it now, it's so early that most don't understand it, but eventually that will be the way to go. And where would you store this catalog? It's a good question. Where would you put it? Would you hang the tweet on your wall? Again, why does it have to be physical? Maybe it should be both. And maybe you'll have this eccentric art collection of tweets, of art, of all these other things. And I mean, people have been trading hockey cards for years. I think you were saying Pokemon cards are getting popular now. For years and years, people collect coins, people collect cards. So it's just essentially the digital form of what people did 50 years ago. Now it's Bitcoin. Now it's digital art. There's really no difference except the digitized format. And digital goods took away the uniqueness of something and the limited aspect. But now that we could code it with blockchain, there's no reason why that factor doesn't come back. And I promise you, because the exposure to the world is a lot greater. You don't have to go on a roadshow and say, I'm selling this piece of art in France or the States, and now it's going to be all over the world. And because they reference a moment in time or have a historical significance that millions and millions of people are familiar with, it's not a painting from the past. I would say, of course, it would sell for more money. There's going to be a huge market around this. Mark my words. If people can pay $50,000 for a pair of shoes, I think... People can spend way, way more than that. And I guess we'll have to look into how are these collections stored? So do you just own the token and the file on your computer? Because I think any of these clips, I could screen record or download and all those kinds of things. So the inherent value is not necessarily in the art itself. It's owning the one of one or that piece in time. And we'll have to watch it closely. I think we should do a follow-up on which pieces sell and for how much. And I think Jack's tweet's going for 2.5 million, already millions of dollars for tweets. So it just depends on how important that is to you. I'll give an example. So what if Twitter made my business and Twitter made me famous or my whole business runs on Twitter? Maybe it's an integral part to my life and without Twitter, my business would not exist. Maybe that's sentimental to me and maybe it made me $100 million. So Would I want to spend 1% on that for the fun of it? Absolutely. To me, that's valuable. So I can think of a case where people are out there buying. So I'd be very careful to those thinking it's not a real technology to them to maybe think outside the box and say, well, how could it be a technology that people would want? And what does the future look like? And that's always, I think, where entrepreneurs will try and get creative and capture that value and I promise you this will become a marketplace like anywhere else where a certain fee of every transaction. Actually, one of the most interesting parts about the NFT collections are that when an artist sells a piece of work, let's say 300 pieces, they'll get a piece of the sales as well as the original income. But each time that art gets resold on the exchange, they'll also get an incremental piece of revenue. So if your art's super famous, 
and it got traded 100,000 times in a year, you're getting a piece of that each time. It's essentially a royalty play in the digital space that cuts out producers, it cuts out publishing companies, all those groups of people who want your money. It's essentially an agnostic platform where you can make money just for being a popular artist. So I think it's more empowering to artists and people who want to make stuff can actually monetize themselves. And if you are creative, but you don't have the means to post things in a gallery, this could be it. This could be your break. This could be your idea. You can use that talent to make unique things. And how many cartoonists are there? How many artists, writers, maybe write a book and put it on there? Maybe phrases, quotes, small drawings, anything. And my thought of this whole thing was, how many people have inspirational quotes hanging at home? Tons on your wallpaper. What if you could own that quote? Because again, I'm thinking of the use case where it's super sentimental, super important to your life. It's pivotal in getting you to your next chapter and where you want to be. I think that opens up a huge opportunity for that thing to be valuable to you. And if there's only 50, but there's 10 other million people in the world who find it valuable, yeah, that thing's getting bid up to an obscene amount of money. And we'll do a follow-up on the mechanics of these tokens and where you store them, how you own them, how you transfer them. So I think we'll have to do a test cal ultimately by trying to transact or buy and sell on there. Forward-looking, you're essentially buying an idea or owning an idea instead of owning materialistic things. And if people have the chance to be ultra-wealthy with crypto, which I think they do, a lot of people can get to this outsized version of wealth where things matter less. So maybe your house is a bit fancier, maybe you can move and relocate, but if you're connected to the internet and you're all about experiences and connecting with people you want to speak to and you don't have the mental overhead of having to have a job or having to have things, things become meaningless. Why wouldn't you want to own one or two very, very meaningful things that are actually a part of history, that are a part of who you are? And they're an expression of your personality. I think that's the real value out there. That's really brilliant for content creators, what you mentioned earlier. Every time the NFT or token gets sold, that you get a fee out of it. You get like a royalty of some sort. So again, like I said, for content creators, just absolutely brilliant, I think. But a very quick question, and pardon my ignorance, is the only way to pay for these things through cryptocurrency or at the moment, can you pay for it with regular money? It's a good question. I don't know the answer. I haven't transacted on there. I did sign up for an account on Nifty last week and I was going to try and post some content, but there's a vetting process. So the way these content creators get chosen is through some kind of selection. The value of these items are posted in US dollars. So I'm guessing you might be able to buy it with US dollar, but as US dollars are digital anyway with your bank, I don't think the distinction is important. As long as you can have an agreed upon price or conversion rate. I think that's what's important because there's thousands of coins, their spot price changes so much. And as long as you say, okay, well, 10 Ethereum seems like a fair deal today, then that's the price. Whether it's 10,000 US dollars or seven, eight Ethereum is debatable. I don't think it's really that important. Probably another research question. Yeah, so I think the potential's there. We're gonna link some things in the show notes. We'll link those two marketplaces. We'll link some samples of tweets and artwork for sale. And I encourage everyone to make an account. Just like I was saying, you know, everyone should create a wallet. Everyone should try and make an account here and see where it goes. And you don't have to buy anything, but at least start to learn about it. It's probably the next frontier of 
what is big on the internet. I think it's a true monetization of, I've heard Naval say this before, as people proliferate on the internet, people will be their own brand, their own content creator, their own personality and all of that. I think this is just an extension of that. And it just adds a way for you to show off. If you have a personal car collection, you could post it on social, but it's kind of physically off to the side. Not everyone can look at it. But maybe your tweets are a catalog of your art and you can show it off to the world and you can show off what you own. And that's maybe part of it, part of your own expression and part of what you value. So I think that is going to be interesting to follow for sure. And if it's possible for the average person to create something. And if you are able to sell your own tweet, I'd honestly tweet something and put it up for sale, see what happens. It's probably going to be a sea of people, but I think it's worth trying. And some of the best ways to learn a technology is to practice it by doing. So I think that's the approach I'm going to take. Yeah, so I think we'll wrap it up there. I just wanted to cover NFTs, the whole tweets for sale thing and encourage everyone to check us out. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. That was Methodical Millions, episode 51. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.